Hi, everybody. My name is Amy Messersmith. I'm one of the associate directors for the Office of Supportive Services here at Syracuse University. We house two opportunity programs, the Arthur O. Eve Higher Education Opportunity Program and TRIO Student Support Services, where we serve predominantly first-generation college students from marginalized populations. And one of the layers of programming we have in the Office of Supportive Services is the Census Project. And so we have an audio lab and we have a podcasting program. And so this is one of our ongoing podcasts called Generation Podcast. And the goal of Generation Podcast is to get multiple generations gathered around the table to talk about topics to discover and discuss generational differences. And our goal is to help people from different generations understand and educate one another. And before we go around the table and introduce ourselves, um, we just want to put out a disclaimer that as we move forward, we're going to talk about our experiences from our generation and just want to say that we don't claim to re represent any particular generation. Um, your experience could be very different from ours, and we totally understand and respect that. Um, we're just sharing from our personal experiences. Um, and we also want to kind of just be aware of the fact that our generational differences kind of mimic our different roles in the university. Um, was, we have, you know, Gen Z who are, you know, students, we have millennials, we have Gen X, um, you know, so that's kind of like the staff level. And now we have a baby boomer who's at the faculty level. So it's just kind of an interesting parallel. Um, but with that, I thought we would go around the table. We have a slightly different group today. And um, I'm thinking we'll share our name, our relationship or role at the university, our generation. And we'll, uh, after that, we'll go around and uh, do our first question. And our first question, we're going to have each generation answer for, for themselves. And then we'll, the, the discussion can kind of continue from there. So um, I'm open to going to the right or to the left. I can go. So my name is Daniela Puente. I am a public health stu graduate student here. And I also work for the Barnes Center as a DEIA graduate employee. And I have a couple of other places on the university that I'm involved in, but those are my, my big two. I'm Rick Welsh. I'm a professor of food studies, and uh, I'm the baby boomer. And uh, Daniela's in my uh, graduate class on transnational food, health, and the environment. My name is Pat Langendorfer. I'm the assistant director of guest services at the Barnes Center. So I work in the recreation uh, area, and I am, uh, I think, pretty squarely in the millennial generation. Um, my name is Maya Jamea. I am a current undergraduate student studying um, English and political science, and I am in Generation Z. I'm A. Willoughby. I am an undergraduate, and I am currently studying uh, environmental engineering. I'm Generation Z. And I am Amy Messersmith. I am one of the associate directors in the Office of Supportive Services, and I am squarely in Gen X. So today we're going to be talking about communication, um, which is a very broad topic, but I think we can all agree that communication has changed significantly um, over the past decades. And so we thought we'd just dive into that and unpack our experiences and kind of learn from each other and then kind of sit back and marvel about um, where we are today. And so our first question, and we're going to go generation by generation, we're going to start with you, Professor Welsh. Um, but we're each going to talk about, or we're each going to briefly describe our generation's primary ways of communicating with one another as it pertained to technology. And um, this is pretty broad. You can pick a particular time in your life. I'm thinking, mm. um, 
you know, we could focus on the college years because that's where we are if we wanted to. But I'm, I'm going to be, you know, I'll leave it up to you. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me here, too. I appreciate it. Um, well, it's changed a little bit. I remember uh, when I was very young, we actually had, um, we didn't even have a private phone line. We had what was called a party line, which was a line that was shared by multiple households. And we always complained about the teenagers across the street who were taking up all the time on the phone. Could you hear their conversation? Yeah, if you wanted to, you could listen in. So, yeah, that was a problem. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, was that managed by operator or was it still just like, if you you picked it up, it was available. You picked up the phone and it was either dial tone or it was somebody talking. You could really get in on on all of the drama back then. You could. And uh, then we eventually got a private line so that it couldn't happen anymore. How many families were on the party line? I don't remember. Uh, Three or four is what sticks in my head, but I can't remember because it was so long ago. Yeah. And was that primarily like, do you know, was that a, basically a cost issue? Was it like a resource issue from the, for the, the phone company? What was the, uh, it was, it was, it cost less to have a party line. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. And, uh, we, and it, you know, cost more. To have a private yeah, line. for sure. <laughs> and did they call it a party line? Was they that did, like yeah. the, the marketing for it? Like mm-hmm. get on the party line. It did. It was a party line, but it wasn't a party. Like you weren't, <laughs> you weren't celebrating having a party line. It was, uh, <laughs> I think it was more of a, a marketing ploy. Like here's, there's a multiple parties on the line yeah. so, or description. It does sound like more fun than the actual reality probably. <laughs> it's not fun. No. Yeah. Well, I guess no. shared phone line didn't really land very well. <laughs> no. But now everybody texts and uh, emails. And uh, so it's, uh, and you know, I mean, we had various you know, evolving stages. Like I remember the, how annoying um, call waiting was. Do you, when do you ever have call waiting? Man. Oh my God, that was so annoying. And then answering machines when they came about, that was you could leave the house if you're expecting a call because you wouldn't miss it. So if you're waiting for a job to call you back or a person, you could you couldn't leave the house. But if once you got your answering machine, you could. And then the problem was, the phone ring off the hook because telemarketing started. Yeah, it wasn't long afterwards. And then that followed immediately by uh, the caller ID because everyone yeah. wanted to know who was calling yeah. so you knew not to answer. That's or you true, answer. right, yeah. That was a big deal for me in high school when all of my <laughs> friends like knew that I was calling and they could pick it up and just say, hey, Pat, instead of hello and like, waiting for the answer of who is it. They just knew who it was. And for Gen X, so my memories are having a house phone and like having a really long cord (laughs) and then like being like seeing how long you could stretch the cord and it was a curly cord. So, you know, it, it, you could, so I could go all the way up the stairs and kind of lay down and talk on the phone with my friends and have some semblance of privacy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I remember I still have like certain phone numbers still memorized from my childhood, like friends numbers that you would call all the time. Um, and now it's like, I have to like make an effort to memorize my husband's phone number. Cause I just, he, it's an out of state number. It's three one zero area code. And it's just, it doesn't stick in my head. Um, and so trying to think, I remember writing letters. I had pen pals, um, growing up and, uh, the excitement of receiving mail. Um, I think, you know, what's really nice as a kid. Um, buying stationery in the drugstore, 
uh, to choose. It was a major decision because it was a commitment because you were going to stick with that stationery and stuck with a hundred pages. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think other ways of communicating when I was growing up. Oh, we'd just go and knock on each other's doors mm-hmm. when we were going to play. Um, if, if it was time to go outside and play, you'd kind of go around the neighborhood and see how many kids you can like get out of their house to like get a, a game going or something like that. And yeah, those are my memories of early childhood communication. So then it would be you, Pat. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing when you mentioned that. That made me laugh when you said the long cord. Because I think, I'm trying to remember going to anyone's house and not seeing like an absolute rat's nest of a phone cord <laughs> attached to the phone. It was always like right up underneath the phone. You had to pick at it for a while to get any privacy. If, or you just had to deal with it and stand at the phone. But I remember being blown away the first time we got a cordless phone. Oh. Because now you actually got privacy. Yeah. You actually could go to a different room. You had to extend the... Yeah, the antenna on the phone, but you could dial from and walk away. I could go sit outside on the porch and sit and sit on the telephone. And I was like, this is, this is the future. I can, I can call my friends from outside and I don't have to yell. This is amazing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the same thing Ethan, you mentioned as well. Like the idea of like, if you want to know if someone's home, you just, as a kid, I didn't think I knew that we had a phone. But it was sort of like mom and dad discouraged it because phones were expensive. And if you, especially if it wasn't like a local call, you just didn't get on the phone, but they still charge per minute. And uh, so you just go over to their house and like knock and like you got you struck out sometimes like, oh, so and so is in trouble or so and so is eating dinner. Like, yep. All right, I'll come back. When can I come back in an hour? And they come <laughs> back and see if they're available again. And, like you just expend all that energy trying to find the group in the, in the neighborhood. A lot of bicycle communication, like get on the bike and yep. go bike over to so and so's house and see if they're there. I remember in high school, it started to be the, the pager thing started to get really big. So like anyone whose parents was willing were willing to pay for the pager plan, they could just call them and say like, put a message in the page and say like, you need to call me back. So we knew where everybody was. My mom was like not having it. She's like, no, no, no. If I want to know where you are, you've been gone for too long. So you need to come home. I'm like, how am I supposed to know? She's like, then you should come home. I'm like, okay, I'll check in every couple hours, I guess. So yeah, I thought that was kind of a, a, an interesting kick. The AOL thing didn't start until I was like middle high school. When did AOL, that started in college like for me? I middle nineties for me. Yeah. It was like, you actually could get like do chat room stuff or go like, reach out to via instant messenger to someone, but you had to take up the phone line unless right. you had a second phone line at your house. That would be the internet that the modem would take up. Otherwise you'd pick it up and you'd hear the modem right. noise on, on the line the entire time. All right. So our, Oh, Danielle. I think, yeah. So I was thinking it'd be me. I do remember a little bit of dial up internet. Um, because also my parents, when they moved here were like kind of building from scratch. So they weren't going to spend all the money even if the high technology was available it was not a priority so we were getting dial-up internet we were having a home phone we did have a cordless phone I don't think I've ever had a functioning like corded phone in my house but I know a lot of like so my dad worked in the church and like obviously they were dragging their feet on updating technology so there was corded phones in offices still and stuff like that but at home I do remember having a home phone and it was the first number I memorized because when we were at school and if I forgot to sign a permission slip, if I did did or needed something, I needed to know my home phone to, to get in contact with my parents. But I feel like that's a very sh- small part of my memory. Like the home phone disappeared very quickly <laughs> and it was cell phones. I, I The internet though, I feel like we, we had dial-up for a while before we were able to upgrade. It was like maybe middle school for me when I remember like, 
having enough internet to like be able to play games and stuff. <laughs> and it was still like, I think I could, I could play for like two hours before the computer was like overheating. And my dad was like, you're going to break it, get off the computer. Um, but cell phones, like by, I remember my sister was in eighth grade when she got her first like neon green, like rumor phone. And like, then I was in eighth grade and I had some weird kind of like flip phone, but I remember like if you click the wrong button and the internet opened on my cell phone, like I would like panic close it because it was going to charge us a lot of money. And then in the college era, I feel like that's a big jump because by then I had gotten an iPhone in college. And I remember middle school was when Instagram came around, Twitter, Tumblr, back in middle, middle high school. And it just became how you communicated. I feel like I realized at the end of like high school how few times I had like hung out with my friends because I didn't have like a car and it was like I lived like in a rural area right next to the highway so it wasn't really a walkable community where we could like get together and walk to the park or anything like that and so I realized when I graduated like I had friends over at like the end of the year and I was like oh my god these people have never never seen my house <laughs> and like we've always texted and I feel like all these close relationships and that's kind of when I you know you kind of started in high school with the internet friendships as far as like I feel like when adults older than my generation hear internet friendships they like imagine like a strange 30 year old man behind the computer <laughs> in like a dark room but it really was like you know experiencing like the rise of boy bands and one direction and five seconds of summer and like all this like generation of being able to share like music and videos and pictures online was like what you did it's how you met people that you shared interest with and so that was kind of my high school college experience to the detriment I think of privacy still because it's like it sounds crazy like hearing oh like people could just pick up the phone and hear a conversation but nowadays people can screenshot your conversation and share it with hundreds of people so I think that definitely impacted our our um high school college experience for sure definitely um yeah so I, when you guys say dial-up internet, I actually have, like, no clue what you guys are talking about. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea what that is either. I'm glad we found our first, like, oh, translation. Wow. That's great. So, before, so currently we have, like, fiber internet, right? Either you use, like, satellite, like, you know, um, 5G or whatever that's just rolling through the air, or you had physical corded internet. So, it would run on phone line instead. Mm-hmm. And so, it was called a 56K modem. So instead of being like a multiple megabit per second type of download situation, it was literally 56 kilobyte per second. So it was really, really, really slow. Mm-hmm. And you would have an entire modem sound. Do you have the, the, the sound, Amy? I'm going to play it. So there's this like this this iconic, horrible, screechy, like technology sound. Oh. This is what we'd hear. And was, so this is the mode of ringing the, the server to try to figure out if there's a connection. This was the internet. This and so you're crossing your fingers hoping nobody else picks up the phone halfway through this because it would cut the, the connection off on the line because you had four phones in your house or two phones in your house. Somebody else could pick it up and this is what they'd hear. Oh, that sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so you're hoping it connects. Computer, so I've nobody heard, pick up the phone. Yeah. I've heard that noise so many times. That I knew it was like a phone of some sort. I was just like... What phone is this? <laughs> but like the internet browsing experience would be like you'd load in Yahoo and then Yahoo, Yahoo the screen would go like this 
and you would see the actual content loading on the screen because there was so much content and it was such a slow connection that it wouldn't just like, that's your screen. So like imagine Google slowly loading a white screen with like the Google search bar and then like continue to load it down. That's what it looked like. So like we're talking about mega, mega slow compared to today's (laughs) standard. It sounds like like a window. And you would see, like, I think this is like when I was younger, it was a little more advanced. So you would see the window, you would see like the little, like it would look like a building, and then it was like a little the globe and the dots. Yeah, and then it was a dot to like the person or the phone, and then it was a dot to like the globe to see if you were gonna get there. And so you just had to sit and see if you would make it. Counting to the, the end. dots, just hoping you could get internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so when you get one bar. That was what it was like waiting for, like, okay, is it going to go back to two bars so I can send this message out? Oh. Like, oh, there's the globe. Okay, now I can get onto AOL or onto whatever I was trying to get on. Also, so, okay, I know there's, so you said, you mentioned a pager, right? Yeah. Is that the same thing as a beeper? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so okay. it's like you would, it's like from, especially like if uh, somebody's trying to reach, like for me in high school, it was like, go to the payphone, mm-hmm. drop a quarter, and then dial the person's number, and then it would prompt, and then you could type in your number, and it would have, the person could call you back. So, like, if you tried reaching them and they weren't available, this is just, like, a quick, like, message that gets sent out and say, like, hey, so-and-so's looking for you. It was, like, a portable answering machine without any actual messages. I used to be obsessed with pagers when I was younger for some reason. Like, because my mom had one from, like, when it first came out. I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. (laughs) I always liked it because I hated the idea of wearing, and now I love wearing a watch, but I hated wearing a watch when I was in high school. I just didn't, I like stuff on my arms. So, it was a nice way to keep a clock with me portably then I didn't have to worry about losing it or it being on my hands all the time so I always had just like a, a my I, had, I got a the pager that was broken from a friend but it still displayed the time so I could see what time it was all the time and that was it <laughs> <laughs> alternative use yeah right but um yeah so we I'm growing up we definitely had a house phone and I definitely still have my mom's house number still memorized to this day but it wasn't a, a cord one it was cordless so that is one difference. Um, and today, I, well, you said you don't use a lot of social media, but I, I do. <laughs> that's like the first thing I do when I wake up and the first thing I do before I go to sleep. And that's like the main thing I use to occupy my time. So yeah, so definitely social media, like private DMs and texts, I think is like the main way we communicate now. My, I don't know if this is technically like social media, it's a messaging platform, but I don't know if many people consider it social media, but it's called Discord. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I would consider that social media. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's like okay. a, a place for people to come together and communicate, like okay. whether that's in different servers or if it's on Twitter or whatever. It's the same kind of a function. But I use Discord more than I actually use my own phone. Like, I will, like, go back to, like, I don't use Discord on my phone that much. I will use it sometimes if, like, I'm in class and someone's trying to reach me. Because, like, I do not answer my text messages. I do not answer my social media besides Discord. So, like, when I get back to my dorm room, I have, like, a gaming computer. Because, like, that's something I also do on my own time besides reading. So I pull up Discord and, like, just type away on my clicky-clacky keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask because Discord is a... That's what a lot of gamers use. And, like, mm-hmm. over... So I don't know about you, but over COVID, me and my friends... All we would do is sit on Discord all day or like Facebook Messenger, like audio call and just play video games all day. Like that's what we we would do that for like 15 hours every day during COVID. Even after I got Discord and got my computer, even though it was more recently um, before that, I would game a lot. But even since getting my computer, getting Discord since 
COVID, I would always, I always limit myself to four hours on social media. Wow. So Discord has voice channels and text chat, right? Yes. I actually have a server on Discord okay. that I set up myself. So there's like, I have text channels for anyone who needs help for homework channel. Like, like there's like sections in Discord mm-hmm. in like in servers where you can put like one folder here, another folder here, that type of thing. And in one folder, it's just like a therapy chat. And it's like, if you just need a rant or vent, you can hop in a voice call with someone, then you can just rant. And there's a text message section in that same folder that's just for cute animal pictures to (laughs) light up anyone's day. I love that, that's great. So I'm thinking, I'm hearing, you know, the transition from the, the different <laughs> generations. And so the next thing that I thought we could talk about is texting styles, because I'm noticing this now. I text very differently, like in the group chats that they put me in for like Instagram and for um, GroupMe, um, or is that what it's called? GroupMe. Mm-hmm. GroupMe, yeah, okay. I keep forgetting I have GroupMe. <laughs> so, so my messages look very different. And I, ca- I can't not capitalize. I can't not use punctuation. Yeah, me either. So, okay. So do you mind talking a little bit more about that? Oh. Uh, sure. This, I, uh, I, when I'm texting, I just, pre- it's like I'm writing. Me too. And so I, uh, and I know that I'm not supposed to capitalize and I know I'm not supposed to use punctuation, but I can't stop myself. Me too. So, but sometimes when I'm in a real hurry, I won't use a question mark. If it's obvious that it's a question. If you're feeling really roguish that day, you look pretty like I'm only out when there you're pressed for time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I can't I can't not do it either. Like mm. it just to me, it looks like I'm I I haven't like I'm not in, I'm not intentional. I'm not paying attention. Like I haven't you know, my fear is that it looks like maybe uneducated or like Right, yeah. You know? Do you think that it's just like I feel the same way? Like when I'm, I'm my most of my communication for work is is primarily through email, and so I'm really careful to like use proper punctuation and spacing, and I try to break thoughts into individual paragraph chunks and that kind of stuff. So it bleeds automatically into my texting, and I think that's probably because it's the primary type of communication we use electronically. That like it would be written like a letter, like just like a typed letter would be. But my guess is that the opposite is true for current students where if you're going to write an email, it's much more like a text message than no, no, Most, you, you go specifically different. You or Dr. Welsh or Amy, I am like rereading it. I'm taking out the exclamation marks. Mm-hmm. I sent an emoji to Amy today and I was like, Oh my God, I sent an emoji <laughs> in an email, <laughs> but something like, it's funny that you say that because I remember in January when we had the conference, we put together a, a text group chat for our committee. Pat said, said, a text message in the group and I was like why is he mad like I was like why is he like being like why is he being mean right now and I think it was just because he used periods like I'm pretty <laughs> sure <laughs> I was like man like he's upset like, like, what did I say was, oh my gosh and, like, and it's like hearing him explain oh like when I text I do it like an email or like it's a formal message to me I'm like okay like in the moment, I had convinced myself Pat was not mad at everybody. But when I first read the message, I was like, "Oh, oh I was God. furious. I, mean, I don't know what it was about." But I'm, <laughs> yeah. no. that's funny because I usually like double tap the space and it automatically gives me a period. I don't have to worry about adding punctuation. 
you just like it just like, I've created these little shortcut habits for myself to do it but I don't even think about like what that might mean <laughs> for somebody else to see it so when you guys like see texts from you know us and other generations are you guys like oh my gosh these people are so old like why like why are they spelling out all the words like what is, how did I'm really curious like how does it come across um yes <laughs> yeah well, that's the short answer yes for, for me it's a lot different because um I have a different I have a different texting style for literally every single person like if it's like someone older than me then I will be more formal because like for my grandma for example like she won't understand what rn is like the right now (laughs) registered nurse (laughs) she she is a registered nurse so like she was like that would be super confusing for her yeah yeah so like where are you registered nurse (laughs) (laughs) so like um for my grandma i do like a like formal type of texting until more recently because she found the use of emojis (laughs) Oh, we should talk about it. I, I can only imagine that would be an exciting time. <laughs> it was exciting for her, but um, <laughs> she she did like the, for the people that know what this means, the peach emoji and oh. the um, eggplant emoji. Unintentionally? Oh. Unintentionally. Uh-huh. And I was that combination. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> there, um, there are references to body parts. Yeah. I, I thought so. Yeah. I wasn't going to. And it's like my, my brother who's in high school like is like judging me now for using like the laughing crying emoji. He's like, oh, you're so old. And I was like, I wasn't what? informed I, I of the new I just thought it meant, you thought it was emoji. really funny. That's what I thought too. But now you're supposed to use like the full stream crying emoji. What? To the 16 year old. That makes I, me feel better that it happens to you. <laughs> <laughs> My mom likes to use the, the abbreviations like THX for thanks. But like there's there are a bunch of them that are also like, um, the, the one that were confusing, I think originally was like LOL. It was, it was lots of love from mom oh, but she would say I stuff uh, like hey i'm really missing you lol i'm like <laughs> why? that's something i would send my brother and like <laughs> this is hilarious i miss you <laughs> right right but yeah the, the things that are there's these opportunities for like registered nurse or right now like there's the opportunities for misunderstanding are really funny because then i'm like wait can you then i have to stop and go okay can you please explain what you're talking about another story from my grandma with the lol thing she thought it was lots of love as well yeah so during covid since we couldn't no one could see anyone one of her friends lost a family member and said r.i.p lol and like it like that comes across very differently than it probably intended goodness. and like my cousin saw it and she was like hey did you see what grammy posted i was like on what i don't use facebook and she sent it to me and i live with my grandma and i just went to her room i was like hey grammy Sit down for a second. <laughs> I literally told her to sit down because I knew she would freak out. I handed her a glass of water and I was like, LOL does not mean lots of love. It means laugh out loud. And she was like, her face just went white. I was like, <laughs> and I felt so bad because like my brother, by the way, he's like, he's five and a half years older than me. So and like he was like, I'm not doing it. You do it. I'm not explaining. It. I was like, I'm glad you did though. Yeah. Somebody needed to tell. I was her. like, so what are some of the other like? And it's so funny because it's like I I I'm, I I I'm just that's how I'm gonna text. That's yeah, I just the dot dot just dot. Be how I think I constantly fight. I will not fight like the instinct that my dad's mad at me because he'll like say something and then end it with dot dot dot. 
and I'm like, it just means you're thinking. What? It's no, it's not thought. to me. To me, I'm like, I'm like expecting. Yeah. To me, that's how I read it. When he's like, call me when you can. Dot dot dot. So like, I'm just for, expecting for me, something bad. For me, I'm just like, oh, are you thinking? Like, yeah. I I did the dot 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 earlier, and it was for me. I was like, I was just like, for me processing what was told to me, because my boyfriend he's still in high school, and he is. He went shopping for his suit, like his tux jacket, and he was like, how about this white one? So I just did a dot, dot, dot. I was like, is that like a no Like comment? by itself? By itself. See, I would yeah. perceive that as thinking, but if you would have said, oh, at the I don't know, dot, dot, dot. No, if I just sent like a dot 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 to you, that's that's me being silent. That's awkward silence. That's You're like me mad. just giving you that look, just like <laughs> you, a, you know. You what should I mean? be thinking more side about eye. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna tell you about yourself, but you should reassess what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I perceive it from my parents oh. when they when they say the dot dot. dot. What's the verdict on like? Double and triple texting because I'm oh, I'm very guilty of this. What is that? So, especially in a group text. I, I think a lot about the like, students I interact with. So we, I'll send a text saying, hey, we have a meeting coming up. Here's some things to prep for. And then it'll be another text message. Instead of waiting for a response from anybody, it's just mm-hmm. like, here's the next message. And here's the, so I'm just like dropping information and they can pick it up whenever they want. Yeah, but if you're in like a one-on-one through. conversation, I've heard, and you looked like you had an idea of what, <laughs> oh. what I'm talking about. Yeah. It seems like if you, it's like too many things in a row, it's like dominating the conversation or like, just wait a second and get back to the, yeah, the other I think person it back depends on the context because if I'm talking to my friends, that's different. Or like I'm venting or like I'm just like, I don't know. With my friends, it's like whatever. But like if it was like, I don't know, like my boyfriend or something like that or like someone I was interested in or like someone I didn't really know, like I didn't want to seem like I'm being annoying. By like, like too forward and like yeah. chasing. Okay, I, I got it. Okay. Yeah, like if you didn't respond the first time, why would I text you again? Like, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. So I think I missed the context on that one too then. That's good. I'm, I'm glad I wasn't totally. I was going to say in a group chat, I think I I had to do that when I was like planning chair for something. I'm, I'm sending the text with the information as many texts as I need to send. But I know like in like romantic relationships, it's a little bit more tricky. Got and it. also in like certain friendships if you're not on the level of comfort of like being super comfortable with each other mm. somebody might perceive like okay well you're not letting me talk or you're not letting me respond the only thing that i have a problem with is when it does not become just five texts it's like the whole screen is yes. just going yeah, yeah the only person that does it is my dad so i call it dad texting <laughs> because every dad that i've talked to they all do it so i'm just like interesting I, so I just call it dad texting where like, is it all in the same conversation or is it just like all multiple in the, points? Like all in the all same the conversation. So I'm just like, you could just fit that into like a couple, like one, two, three texts. So yeah. I'm trying to plan ahead for here for my kids because yeah. I have a four year old. I'm like, <laughs> what do I need to do? Dr. Walsh, do you text often? I text constantly. With, Big uh, paragraphs? Uh, well, I don't know. I could look. Well, we have, uh, it depends on, um, um, no, I usually do. I'm a very short texter, just like my emails. My emails are like one sentence, one word emails, because I don't like to waste time. I like to be efficient. But uh, what I found is that uh, people don't react that well to one word emails. <laughs> they think that I'm angry at them when I'm just don't feel like. So they'll send me a long email of like all this stuff, and then I'll read the thing. I say, oh, this is a yes or no question. They're asking me a yes or no question, so I write yes and I hit send. <laughs> sent for <And> my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, uh, so then I get 
could you give me a little more next time? That's what was, if they're friends of mine, they like you know you're sending a bad message with, when you do that. I don't. Know. I'm not good at sending emails. Yes, I was taught how to write an email and like send an email, but it was like very short and precise. Then I see like all these like all, like a lot of my teachers just sending like a essay type of uh, email. I'm just like, is that what I'm supposed to do? Like that's a lot of information I that you like could have condensed. Depends. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like. I, because I, I do like a weekly update with my staff. So we have a listserv and I send an email out and say like, hey, here's quick updates. And I do like bullet point to try to keep it as condensed as possible. By nature, I'm talkative anyway. So I'm just like stream of consciousness <laughs> typing into the keyboard. And I go back and like edit things and try to trim stuff out because I want them to read it. Um, but if it's something that's like a conversation back and forth, like if you were planning an event or working on a project or something, like if you had to get into detail, you have to get into the detail. Right. But if it's like just talking to talk for talk like for the sake of it it's sort of like uh, now where are we going with this like yeah I think I kept like telling because I was working with an organization and there was a couple of team members who were really big fans of really long emails and if they if they hear this and know who they are I love them very much but <laughs> their emails would kill me and I'm like we cannot send this out nobody is going to read this when you're like going from a perspective of like mm-hmm. how many notifications are you're going to have when you walk out of this room, I'm going to have like 15. Right. And if the university, my university email is sending me three emails with seven paragraphs in them, they're just like, the majority of people are not going to read them. Right. I read all my emails because I'm paranoid I'm going to miss something, but that's not the norm. I see people pull up their inbox and it's uh, their school uh-huh. email and it says 17 emails unread. 50, 100, right. 120. And so I feel like when I've gone to like career seminars, they're always like, shorten your email, shorten your email, get to the point. And it's like, we're circling back. That's good. I'm already Circling there. back to Dr. <laughs> Welsh's philosophy. <laughs> and I think that's good. So, I, I think emails should be shorter. That's going to be, that's my political stance. <laughs> I wonder, I hear this a lot from students, but I don't really have a picture when they say like, I think in general we get in conversations, like we don't want to oversaturate our students with messaging. So try to keep it short and keep them few and far between whenever necessary. Like, how many university emails do you think you get in a day? Because I know everybody gets automatically added to lists. Right. So, like, are you getting 20, 50 a day? Like, what? I actually did, like, a, my own type of research for this. On average, I got 20 emails a day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'd say about two to three That's a lot to hour. compete with. Two to three each hour. Mm-hmm. I kind of word vomit in my emails. I'm not going to lie. Because my, my fear <laughs> is, like, <laughs> these, I don't want... I want to con- like I want to control the narrative so it's like mm. this is the information you need to know so that and I think if I communicate clearly then it kind of saves time down the road so I kind of try to think a couple steps ahead and then write to like answer the different questions that might be coming up but then it gets really long <laughs> but then I'm like well if I don't put this in there then it could you know create confusion or maybe they're not going to really understand the importance of this and so yeah, I definitely um, do that when do I'm you? like in charge of something. My e- that's when my emails get long because I'm thinking, okay, if I am this team member and I got this email, here are all the questions I would have. Let me make sure I address all yeah. the questions yeah. and say, in case this doesn't work for you, if you're not able to, if you're wondering when, and it's like, yep, exactly. At that point, I, under- I understand where why there are long emails, but like when it's just like I don't know, like a basic email, yeah. I guess. Like, that doesn't need that much information, that much writing. That can just be, like, a couple sentences. And they just make it into, like, a... Multimedia presentation. <laughs> yeah. 
I think sure. I think the thing I forget about a lot is that the way we like I know some people are a lot of people are doing email and phone. I do periodically, depends on whether I'm at my desk or not. But I always forget like if I'm sending a listserv email out, I've got a big screen that my in email window is this big. It's half the screen basically. So right. when I look at it, I'm like, oh cool, I can see all three points that I've listed for the students and this is the information. They don't even they shouldn't even need to scroll. And then I forget but the shape of the screen is totally different, and now it looks like this million-item thing that I've just sent them. The Declaration of Independence. Yeah, and then, like unrolling the scroll, right? And so, like, how do I keep it short enough that it doesn't feel like a burden to have to, like, oh my gosh, look how much scrolling I'm having to do in this one email? And right. so, having to figure out how to like meet that audience halfway is, is a challenge for sure. Right. Plus, I have trouble answering all the questions sent to me in emails because I'll get. I'll just answer the first one and then I send it. <laughs> I do bullets. I go, you didn't answer them. I go, oh, I, I like really have a problem doing that. Like, I, I never go all the way down. I like when people change the color of their font and then just answer the questions in, in line the, to what I sent. Yeah. Like, see answers below and it's just like highlighted right inside. The, oh, great. Now I know what they're talking about when they respond. <laughs> should be a very corporate, I feel like. The highlight included are my answers yeah. below. <laughs> but it's helpful because I think I struggle with answering all the questions in an email as well. Yeah. What about voicemail? I like don't leaving, have mine set up. Leaving a voicemail. Oh, you're the one who doesn't have it set up. I didn't realize I didn't Slow have it set up. Slow head shake. Somebody said, <laughs> I don't know where, oh, I was in a career seminar like, and she was talking to us and she was like, your voicemail, if you don't have it set up, like, and I was like, I wonder how you know, like, if you don't have it set up. And she was like, if you're wondering if you don't have it set up, you, you don't, don't have it set, set up. up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God. That's good. She got me immediately. <laughs> like, I remember, like, having to learn how to leave a voicemail and the different components, like, say who you are, you know, make your case or ask your question, leave a callback number information, and then, you know, end it. And, and so not just, like, your voicemail greeting – but then also leaving a voicemail. And so it's just, it's just what we had to do. But I don't, do you guys, how do you feel if it comes to calling somebody and you have to leave a message? For when I have to call people back, uh, they usually just pick up immediately. And like, if there's like someone that, um, like one of my family members that doesn't answer, I'm not going to leave a voicemail. Like, Are your voicemails set up? Can somebody leave you a voicemail? My voicemails are set up. I used to have actually like a funny voicemail messaging thing then as like senior year of high school I was like oh shoot I should probably change this for like when I go into work so now it's just like the very basic like voicemailing system that's yeah. already set up on your phone can't go wrong with that yeah um same I, I believe my voicemail is set up but it's just like the automated yeah. uh, voicemail whatever um but as for like when I'm calling somebody, if it if they don't answer, I'm not leaving a voicemail. <laughs> yeah. If it's like my friend, I'll just text them. Or if it's like I don't know a doctor's office or something like that, I'll just call at a different time. <laughs> like I. So you just avoid it. Yeah, I. It's like yeah. a compulsion for me. I can't not leave a voicemail. What? Like, yeah, like I, I have to be like in the hospital dying, and like yeah. the person I'm calling. I have to leave a voicemail or I'm going to miss a deadline or something Actually, horrible going to happen. Actually, I wouldn't even do that. I would just spam them. Like, I really wouldn't leave just a voicemail. Just keep calling. Yeah. I would, for me, I would keep... <laughs> I've done this before. I was actually in the hospital in February. And um, I was trying to reach my boyfriend because he was the one that drove me. Mm -hmm. So I, like, texted him. I was, like, trying to text him. I called him, da 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 I actually left, that's one of the one times I left a voicemail. I was like, hey, answer your phone. Come in here. 
he's like, oh. so was he like, wait, what's this notification on my phone? That somebody left me a voicemail. <laughs> a new notification. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I left one for my sister when I also thought she was like, it was like crisis situation. <laughs> Nobody was able to reach her. I got a, the only times I got voicemails left for me was when I <laughs> traveled to a remote area and people like, because nowadays traveling to a remote area without phone service, I feel like is less common. That was the first time in my life that like, it was truly like no service, like dead for until 20 minutes into the city. And so the fact that like, I didn't contact my boyfriend or my sister for those two days, they were like about to call the police, but we happened to drive into town that day and I got all the notifications, but that was the only time I remember getting a voicemail. Our cell phones, I think voicemails are redundant because you they know you called right and so i never leave a voicemail because i figured well if you want to call me back you saw i called cutting through the red tape with efficiency (laughs) i love that (laughs) most of the time if if i'm leaving a voicemail for somebody i don't call like that many people so it's either work related and i'm calling them to try to get to answer the phone and like hey where are you at work or why aren't you at your shift or it's my mom and dad and they i think they've gotten to the point where they when i call they're like is everything okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) like everything's fine. We haven't had a crisis in years. Like I'm just calling to see like, can we talk about this thing? So I just let them know, Hey, this is what I'm calling about. So you don't have to worry, like call back whenever that's not urgent. Um, but even if I called six times, they're not necessarily going to know. They're just going to see like there was a message. It'll, it'll stack up the notifications. So they see that I called, but right. I kind of wanted to go back to the, um, no reception. It, oh yeah. Because mm. I went camping once with my family. I texted everyone that would text me and I'd be like, hey, I'm going to be f- gone from here to here. But like when I got back, like there was st- like some of those people were like still like spamming me like, where are you? Da, 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 da. Why haven't I heard from you? Are you OK? I was like, I told you where I was going to be. Got spammed. I got. They didn't get the message. <laughs> well, that's what I told them. I was like, I told I think they didn't believe me. Like they right. didn't believe well, that I genuinely would have no <laughs> service not even like a, oh man i can't send like a snapchat but i can send a text message like it was nothing but that, that exists thing. 30 minutes from here yeah like really? I, 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 uh, ski patrol i go like during the ski season i'm on friday night ski patrol and you don't get verizon coverage at the mountain so my, my wife knows like if you need something call the mountain they got a landline and they'll get me on the radio but i can't like unless i'm at a specific spot on the chairlift then i'll my, i'll feel my phone and my vest go off and i'll get like three or four buzzes because there'll be <laughs> notifications and i'll quickly look at them and put it back in and then for the rest of the night basically i don't have any signal or if i go like my background's an outdoor recreation so i'm used to six day trips where like right. my phone's not even on i just turn it off and stow it someplace i have it as an emergency tool but otherwise it's a paperweight i know yeah. people get upset if you don't answer your phone or don't reply my even in my generation, because my sister said uh, kept texting me, and then as I and I didn't have my phone with me, or I was I turned off the ringer because I was working and I was in meetings and I was teaching, and I just not going to mess with it. And at the end of the day, I looked, and she was getting more and more uh, agitated in her texts, <laughs> and <laughs> and I, she goes, "Are you going to text me back?" And then I finally text back and said, "I didn't have my phone with me. I, did, I had it off." And she said, "Nobody else in the world does that." <laughs> I, I do that. I think when I, I'm with my partner now and we're good, but like early on, I always struggled in like friendships and in dating because I would just leave my phone for seven hours. Like I'd leave it somewhere, mm-hmm. get caught up in all the stuff I was doing and then not look at it. Cause I'd never have my sound on. Like my phone is not going to be sound on. And so I just won't look at it cause I don't think about it. And 
that would be like, oh my gosh, you just ignore my text or you don't respond to me or you don't care about me. And I was like, Ooh, sorry, always, like genuinely, I was just. Then it always feels like an excuse, right? Like, hey, I left my phone sitting around. Like, yeah, but who does that? Nobody does that. Except for Professor Welsh. <laughs> I, and, uh, and everybody else. I still get in trouble with my mom sometimes because like, I, I put my phone down. I always have it on silent. Like once in a while, I'll remember to put like, the buzz on for when it's on silent but like i'll put it down or i'll forget it in my dorm room when i go to classes sometimes and my mom blows me up like where are you why aren't you listening to me i'll drive to your school i'm just like mom like i'm kind of busy right now i forgot my i forgot my phone and she's like how do you forget your phone you're on your phone 24 7 my parents never believed me in college when i would be like i left it in my or i haven't looked at it i do think that it has gotten easier to be on the phone and do like the compared to the the long spirally cord like i could actually be in the kitchen on my phone now and not like tie myself in three different kinds of knots right because like sitting there cooking going back and forth between the fridge and the stove and like now i'm right all tangled like oh man i gotta hang on a second i'll be right back and you do like <laughs> it was logistics right right now you just stand there it's great what so i'm gonna combine kind of like the next bullet with the next question just in terms of so we talked about texting styles email voicemail and the next bullet is talking with each other in person mm-hmm. and i'm gonna combine it with you know, what has changed and what has stayed the same in terms of, and the first example I have is, what's your generation's approach to breaking the ice? Because I think that those two are kind of related. And so in terms of, you know, not just talking in a voicemail, but talking to each other in person, like what's your level of comfortability to that? Or how does your, gener- like if you're in a situation where you kind of have to generate a conversation, like, what is your generation's approach to that or level of, of comfort, comfort level? Um, well, I'm very, I'm very talkative and my um, uh, family members feel that I'm too talkative. But so I'm always <laughs> talking to people in the elevator or and um, and anywhere. I'll just say, like, how you doing today? How's it going? And uh, blah, 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 blah. It's like. Did you see those progressive commercials where the guy turns him around and says, notice how everybody's facing the front of the elevator? But <laughs> it's not quite oh, like the, the when you're becoming your parents? Yeah, thing. it's yeah. not quite that bad, but, you know, and my son just finds it. He won't even, like, he doesn't want me to talk to anybody. So he's he says, I don't want to introduce you because you'll be like, so how do you know Douglas? How do you know Douglas? <laughs> so I have no problem breaking the ice. It's letting the ice reform, I guess, is my, my issue. <laughs> I feel like some of it's the like occupational hazard though, right? Like that's why when I became a professor, right? I talked for an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, (laughs) because you miss you miss out on all the good stuff. Like you you find out these conversations with people, like oh, we actually do the same thing, and we see each other every day. We wouldn't have known. Like there's a yeah, true. Like you Gen Zers, like how do you guys break? Like how did orientation go for you guys when you had to like start talking, or were you like just kind of always on your phone and just kind of like. I sat in the corner the first three days. I li- okay, so I'm an introvert. May not seem like it, but I am an introvert. I have really bad social anxiety or because I was like, I need to prepare for this. Like, like because we just talked about it at today. Literally today. Samantha couldn't come, and I was like, oh, hey. hey. Like she told me two hours before I had to come here, and I was just like. Okay. <laughs> so you could have said no. Yeah, I, I think I wanted to. Like, I like 
like I remember when you showed me this place. I loved it. Um, but like, well, good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think for me, orientation. I was. I think my like biggest clue into how we were doing as a generation was when I was a leader, because nobody wanted to talk. Like no. nobody. Like we. I as a leader dreaded the ice breaking activities that they handed to me. Everybody in the room hated the ice breaking activities that were handed to us. And like it's become like almost a joke like when professors do icebreakers and make you say like major or what you did over the summer and like things like that and like I don't think we have the same level of comfort with that kind of thing mm, at yeah. all when it comes to saying hi or being in an elevator, being in spaces. I think that's why like I don't know why, but I do a lot better with being one of the leaders like of a group like because like I like because I know what I'm gonna do I have a plan of what I'm gonna say what I'm gonna ask like I'm gonna do this at this point like you have a role I have a role but when it's just like for orientation like when you're coming into the school you don't know anyone you don't know what's going on you don't know where you're gonna go like there is not really a set plan for me I feel like I was always in you know first year orientation or even meeting people in high school, like anywhere dur- during my like teens or twenties, there was this, like, I wouldn't have known it at the, in the minute, but it, there was this strong, strong fear of being like, Oh, what if I do something embarrassing? Or if somebody's just like, I don't want to talk to you and you get fully rejected and like, but not in like it, anything other than a topical way. Like I was just saying hi. And if they like, don't say hi, what, what does that mean? <laughs> how does that, how does that, how does that whole work in the big picture? And like, that's where like some of that, to me, at least I got like kind of wound up, like, Oh, do I talk to anybody or who, who do I pick out of the group to try to talk to? What's the highest percentage chance of someone saying hi back to me or something like that? Yeah. I, ha- I have a funny story actually, if you guys are okay with that. Sure. So I knew my boyfriend for a while. Like we have the same friend group. We've been in the same friend group for a couple years now but we never talked to each other so like apparently we both stayed after on the same day so i was just we have this little balcony in the that the high school i used to go to with a bunch of windows and a bunch of seats so i would just i was sitting in the window seat and he comes over and apparently we liked each other like we thought each other were like attractive really funny da 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 but never really talked so he came over sat down next to me stared at me and i was just like Hi. <laughs> I feel like that's how interactions are definitely started today. It's like you you exist in the same space and you wait for somebody to be brave enough to say hi, whether it's one or two people or like. Or like, okay, so let's say you're in class and like keep on like seeing this person look at you. It's like, okay, I have an inkling. So then you find their Instagram. You do a little searching, rather it's their Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, email, whatever, and then you send them a, t- a text or a DM and then you see well, they respond and then you guys start talking yeah oh or like the follow back yeah that blows my mind so yeah. you guys would rather met like stalk each other Absolutely. on social media yeah. send them Absolutely. a mess a cold call instant no. message <laughs> <laughs> like, nah. yeah. and then instead of being like hey i like your book bag nope. or whatever my I don't friends know. here we Trapper met keeper. we had like <laughs> exactly. awkward conversation at a social event that the school had scheduled we had awkward conversation there probably never would have talked again there's a couple of people on my instagram that like ta- i talked to once never would have talked again but i posted like a tiktok to my story that was in spanish and so the person i had talked to was like oh my god like slid up on it and said oh my god you speak spanish and then now we're that's, that's my friend that's why I hang out with, like, it becomes, like, hmm. the mode for, it's not necessarily the person that said hi to me in the elevator, the person that I might have, I might have, I talked to somebody at my work shift for hours, never got their name. 
<laughs> could not tell you. Could tell you that they were going on a cruise. Could tell you that they were doing this. Could you put the, like the pleasantries and like that part of it. It's so funny. Like you know, I my office is down in the audio lab, and so um, our one of our goals is to make it as welcoming a space and as inclusive a space as possible. And my generation's way of doing that is to talk to people. And so I'll say, "Hey, how you doing?" Or, "Oh, hey, you know, great, great to see you." And I can tell, like, some students are like, like, put off. Like, it's intrusive. Yeah. It's it's. Mm-hmm. Like me being like extra, I you know, and it's like it took that's me a just while. the world. It took me a while to actually get comfortable in the senses lab because, like, I don't know if you remember, but I would just go down with my friend Alana, and she would do a bunch of singing, and it took me a couple of times, and it took Nick as well to be like, get in there. I was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. No. I feel like we we definitely try spaces out more rather than just jumping just in. Yeah. In. It's interesting because my I mentioned like the outdoor recreation background. One of the things my first job here on campus was outdoor coordinator. So I ran the challenge course on South Campus. It's the high ropes course, and a lot of what we do isn't the high rope stuff, where like people are up and doing zipline and that kind of thing. It's get together with some games or like some yarn balls and whatever, and like do those a lot of the activities that mostly everybody is like. That was a thing. Yeah, yeah, we've got. That's awesome. It's up on Skytop. It's really cool. And like student groups can can come and use it, and off campus groups can use it and that kind of stuff. But it's a lot of those activities that like people dread because kind of, it's this forced social interaction thing. Even though most of the time those groups have already been pre-selected, you're already in a group, and now you're maybe it's the first time you're meeting, maybe it's the third time you're meeting or whatever. But you have to go into this activity, and you're being called upon to like step forward and say, like, "I'm going to talk to this person," and like. That you can see the look, and it's changed a little bit. When I started doing this in college, it was like 2005, 2006 was when I really started facilitating that stuff. And it's so different now as far as participation. Like the initiative, it's like just stepping up and going, all right, I'll be the first person. Yeah. There's much more of like, I'll be second. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going to get involved, but I'll be the second person. Who's going to be the first? And then you're just looking around like, please, be the, there's got to be one first person. Just somebody in the group be yeah. first. Um, my grandfather told me before he passed away, because he knew, he knew that I did not like talking in front of people. Like, if it was not for him, I would not be here right now. Like, but his advice was, like, when it came to, like, talking to people or, like, being, like, in a order, be first. Because everyone after you has to follow up. Yep. They have to... They will see you and compare themselves and try to have to either get to your level or... That's my under-the-radar class strategy, by the way, too. <laughs> if you answer the first question, it's not usually the hardest one. Right. But now the teacher doesn't want you to answer it again. Uh, and nobody else in the class wants you to raise your hand because now you're the kid who knows everything. <laughs> so so the, now the burden's on everybody else to start. And you've already done the easy work. Dr. Walsh, how would you say you've noticed like changes in... like? class participation as far as speaking out yeah um one thing that i i um there's always um people who will talk and there's always people who won't talk and there's always people who are prepared and there's always people who are not prepared that really hasn't changed that much um but uh, uh i guess i would say that people are quieter than they um than they used to be and it's harder to get people to talk um but I also noticed that it depends on the subject matter. For instance, I'm not, you know, you talk in class. <laughs> <laughs> because you really are interested in what we're talking about. And you have, and you tell, and the other thing I guess I would notice is how people interact is different. Most, 
it seems like students now will tell stories about their experiences as opposed to talking abstract thoughts about you know the theory of whatever marxist theory or whatever alienation and now it's more like well this is how this is what happened to me and my family and my experience so it's a much more biographical i think has changed interesting i don't have good data on that though yeah (laughs) would you say like if you spoke out in your grad classes were you did you feel like pressure that it had to be like you had to speak to the theory you had to speak to the yeah you didn't want to talk about yourself yeah. Because that was, uh, who cares? But you know, <laughs> we didn't come here to talk about yeah, you. We came here to talk about theory. We had to talk about the the subject matter and the topic. And but uh, I think that has changed. I know that for me, I've seen that change because mm. like through like the people I've met, like how we were just talking, me, me, me. <laughs> but like for growing up and going through like different English classes, a lot of my English teachers were like, put yourself in that perspective Mm -hmm. don't think of theories don't think of like the abstract ways put yourself in that position so i feel like a lot of people might have experienced that and that's how it might have changed interesting yeah like what were you being tested on Mm -hmm. yeah what about your generation's approach to conflict and maybe across the generations nothing's changed because i think (laughs) pretty much people avoid it it's different i'll confront you i'll confront you immediately i just had a conflict with a some friends I used to be with because like we met at orientation like day like four or five and like that's when I first started like being more comfortable here and um they were just like apparently they had a problem with me last semester never said anything and just ghosted me like they unfriended me on all the social media that I have they blocked my number and all of that and their way of communicating they said to one of our friends was just to block me out yeah, I think that realizing conflict, I think, is a little different because whereas you had to be like interact very socially to see if something was a problem, now it's like the escalation is, oh my god, they blocked me. So Instead of, like the, oh my god, they told my best friend that they don't like, like, you know, like right, that's the. Yeah. Wow. Weird. Yeah. I, like, I don't think confrontation is as common because you can really avoid it. You can communicate. You're blocked. Literally block. Yeah. yeah. You're you're literally blocked. Can't contact me anymore. So. I used to get in so like in elementary school, and I don't I don't think it's like this anymore. Probably I'm gonna experience it with our kids, but I used to get in fights a lot, like a lot. Like physical fights. Yeah. Like there'd be playground like brawls or whatever, you know like big two little kids <laughs> I remember fighting on the playground. Fight. Yeah. Was there yeah. fights? But time? but at the yeah, end of the day, yeah. it wasn't like you know I, I, I would the get one a, in it. <laughs> Yeah, I would get like a detention or something and, the, you know, talk to mom and dad and let them know there was a thing. But they would sort of work out like, hey, what was the issue? OK, take some time away from each other and then figure it out. And especially I don't know if it was just like the 90s or 80s kid or whatever that was like, that's just you had to dust up and then you were buddies the next day. But I feel like now if a kid gets into a fight in school, they're going to get kicked out of school. Like there's there's a That's zero tolerance so type true. issue for that. So there's not an outlet for the little things and kind of like the pressure release valve. Yeah. That's so, so true. like letting people kind of deal with it in the small ways. And now you have to either cut it off or, or like completely blow up right in the middle of it. I didn't, sorry, I didn't hear that part. I should have waited. No, it's like okay. The 60s and the 70s, it was the same way. It was just, it was open conflict a lot, especially yeah. between guys. But, w- um, but girls would fight too. That's back interesting. Then. I think also it might've been a, cl- you know, class thing. Yeah. Like social class. Yeah, so we were sort of lower middle class, t- and so I think, and that was the peer group. So I think there tend to be more con- more physical conflict in that group. 
Yeah. What about like personal conflict, would you guys say, as you've <clears throat> had to deal with different generations? Because I know like I'll sometimes see someone like in the, my, like, the upper staff of my job have a conflict and I'm like, oh my God, like I would never. And they're like, well, we just have to address it and give feedback. And I'm like, that's a nice way to phrase it, but I'm just scared. <laughs> I, I'm kind of of the, the like, if, if something needs to be addressed, I would much, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I don't know if it's my personality, but I just, I'll reach a point where it's like, it's got to, like, the avoiding gets too much. I'm yeah. not conflict averse. I will have those conversations if it needs to happen. Like, I'll, I'll take it upon myself. Yeah. I get frustrated because people will not tell me they're unhappy with me. Mm-hmm. I would much prefer them say, you know, when you said that the other day, it really hurt my feelings or it made me mad, and you said it this way. And I, because I, I'm all like, oh, wow, I don't want to hurt your feelings, and I really feel bad that I did that, and I'll make amends. So I get very frustrated when I found out later that people are upset and have written me off for something I did, and maybe I did it. I, I'm more than willing to make amends. Right. I, I'm, not, I'm thinking that that happens more and more now, especially now that I'm hearing what you guys are saying. I just wanted to clarify when I can, like when I confront people, I am very passive. I will not fight you. Like if you don't want to talk about it and if you just don't want me in your life, okay, just tell me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That open communication thing helps right. prevent a lot of those like mm-hmm. bigger issues, right? Yeah. 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 Maisha, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um. <coughs> Yeah, um, I think a lot of what you guys have said um, really equates to like how Gen Z sees things. But one thing I think when it comes to conflict, I think Gen Z has realized that therapy is a thing. You know what I mean? Like we are very like, (laughs) (laughs) but like I feel like we're not everyone, obviously, but I feel like a lot of people are very open to having healthy relationships and healthy communication in terms of conflict. So that's why I feel like a lot of times, especially when we're comfortable in relationships, we there really isn't a lot of conflict because we're able to have open conversations. I definitely think conflict is, is different in the sense that a lot more people are willing to, it's less socially acceptable, I think, to just blow up at somebody yeah. or yeah. to just say, well, this person did this to me and they can die. Oh, like Karen? <laughs> like, Karen. Yeah, oh my God. like yelling at service workers, having any type of like... Mm. Those kinds of things, you know. I know, like, it could be the nicest person I know that's older, but let their internet provider or let their cable provider do something wrong, and yeah. they're on the phone. They are yeah. sending the harshly worded email. I will apologize for getting, like, mm-hmm. a drink spilled on me. Like, yeah. I, I can't do it. And I think that it's a little bit of a difference. But now people are saying our generation is entitled towards professors and the, the like where it was previously I saw an article about it recently that like where we don't do that to service people or like businesses in the student like situation teachers are reporting that they're struggling more with students saying you know well I'm paying you as my professor oh, yeah, it's I'm like paying a, you yeah. and so that's that's a weird dynamic shift kind of like a reversion we don't care in the service worker, but we'll care in the professor. <laughs> we, we dealt with a lot of conflict during, especially during the COVID operations here on campus with people at the Barnes Center in, in general, especially like 
everybody was stressed out and they, I, everything was totally different the way than, that it had been forever. You know, the, the, there's this two years where all of a sudden you had to make reservations to work out in a gym, which was a weird experience for everybody, ourselves included. And yeah, we heard that a lot. Like, oh, I pay a lot of money to go to school here or, you know, like this, I'm supposed to be able to come and work out and do it. And so we're like, yeah, that's sort of how it works. But it, it was this, this like, there was just like an underlying tension for everybody for a long period of time. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering what the effect that is on the conflict oh. and how that works, like how people are coming out of 100%. COVID instead of what it was like before. Cause there's, there's definitely a marked difference sure. for us. We had a lot of conduct issues that were behavior related that just like people making unacceptable comments or just like letting loose on people that it was just like a minor thing. Like there was a small spill or, you know, right. a, a mess or whatever. So in, in um, looking at the clock, why don't we end with uh, the jargon and slang? And we could, this, could, this could be like a quick round, but um, looking at, and this is kind of related to your, your last comment, being upset. Yeah. Um, let's look at like, well, we can do like swear words, not swear words, we have to be careful. We can do... <laughs> I'm like, not doing swear <laughs> <laughs> Let's do like, um, you know, your generate like when they're... All right, let's start with the positive. Your generation's words for like something that's good or that they approve of. Slay. And I'm trying not to use the delay. Queen. Yas, queen. <laughs> oh my God, my boyfriend got mad at me because I said queen to him, but I was like on my 11th hour of working and I just responded what he said to me. So he said, good night, queen. And I said, good night, queen back without thinking. Like I was just, <laughs> I was on page 30 of my reading and I said, good night. And that would that's you call anybody queen now they say yeah. okay queen like i think approval also <laughs> one that's beyond my generation is they ate they yeah they ate they ate they ate yeah. what <laughs> they ate exactly they just ate <laughs> Like the new one, the let what him let him. I know, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like they're eating, they're eating it up. Like, oh, like yeah. oh, like somebody loved something. Yeah. No, no, no. Like if you oh, passed a really good exam or a yeah. hard exam, they ate, or you got the internship. Yeah, they gobbled it up. Like they, they ate. Like, uh, like another. I need like a glossary and a, I'm gonna <laughs> use that. I do too, yeah. and this is my generation. I'm gonna have like a back pocket book that I can carry around with me, and every time I hear somebody say, "Wait, wait, hold on," let me go to that page real quick. One of the newer ones that confuses me still, even though my friend has explained it to me multiple times, is let him cook. All right, what does that mean? That seems related to they ate. But did you cook first? Mm. And then they ate. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, like cooking up, like, like cooking up, like or like what, we were playing video games and my friend was doing really good in it and um my like one of our friends and he said let him cook and I was like, huh? You mean yeah, like he, like maybe I've he's like he's one. almost on fire. Like he's in the zone <laughs> kind know. of thing. I, I don't think no they're related. Hmm. I'm separate. I have. Like I've, he's explained it to me so many times. Someone is listening to this right now, infuriated like, that we can't. Yeah. They're this yelling out. at <laughs> their, their <laughs> that that person that's gonna be listening is my friend who explained it to me. I'll <laughs> clarify that now. I guess would be it means that let them cook means don't alleviate their suffering. Like don't reach in and say it's okay or whatever. Just don't relieve them. them. Yeah. yeah. Let them cook. Let them keep I, going. Yeah, let them stew. <laughs> like, let them do that. What would let, you like, let them do their thing. I think so. Okay. So for somebody who did, like, an awesome job, um, I don't remember there being, like, a really specific thing. Uh, a lot of our awesome. stuff was... Yeah, awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
the, there was like a very <laughs> there was a very narrow window of time where like uh, Simpsons related phrases like uh, eat a cow no have a cow yeah <laughs> eat a cow <laughs> have a cow <laughs> that, that ate uh, <laughs> let <laughs> me cook. Yeah. No, like yeah, yeah just like cook. they were like a lot of surf related terms, right? Like cowabunga. Yeah, that was like that was Wait. radical. That would yeah. be like a really like nineties. Were you guys really walking around saying cowabunga? No. No, okay. No, that was like a that was a little bit over the top that that Bart would say something like that. But no, like radical would be like a surf surf culture got really popular in the late 80s early 90s and OP, so like yeah. it, especially kids from the midwest we never seen the ocean before so we would say whatever we could to sound like we'd seen the ocean so <laughs> radical that's that's radical. rad man rad okay I yeah still, like if someone I said something about a party yeah. or like you were really excited about something what would you say I, I honestly i think it would just be like that's awesome cool like cool very cool it, it seems unbelievably basic to say it like that but like that's that's all you do. Yeah. Doctor. Oh no, wait, Amy. Um, awesome, cool, gnarly, kind of. Yeah. I say made it. I say gnarly as well. Yeah. I say, I say rad. I say gnarly. I feel like we still use those terms. <laughs> Definitely uh, added some. We used to say wicked. Wicked. I'm from. I'm from Massachusetts. Something. I'm from Massachusetts, so I say wicked all the time. Yeah. Bad was good. Yeah, that's bad a badass car you have. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I like her. That's still used a lot. I yeah. Just, I use that a lot. <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel like those timeless. kinds of things. Yeah, time, timeless <laughs> terms. I, <laughs> There's some things that, like, faded out, though, right? Like, there would be things that I, I associate with, like, more 60s, 70s, yeah. like... Groovy. Groovy would be oh, one that, like, that, that faded off. Like, yeah. that's... a good point. That would be, like, I a... say groovy all the time. It's <laughs> coming back. Yeah. Bring it, yeah, bring it back. I'll bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> Give I me a say, list of turns to bring back. I got it. I got I'm you. <laughs> eating something and I really like it, I'll say this is banging. Do you guys use that? Mm-hmm. I joke. Yeah. I, when I say no. when I make a comment like that, it's usually I'm joking around with my wife. I'll say like um, we'll have like a, a song on or something like oh this is a real banger, but it'll be like Coco Melon or something. <laughs> so like, clearly, it's I always use it in ironic terms. I don't necessarily say like oh this this new song that just came out is a banger. Like I'm so excited about it. I would. I would only use it ironically. That's so funny. All right, how about disapproval? That sucks. That's Weak. whack. Uh, whack. Whack. Is whack. that still used? That's Was whack. that your term? People would say, I mean, I remember people saying it who are a little younger than me. Like, that's whack. It's a whack show. Mm. A show was whacked and things like that. I yeah. I don't know if this is just a me and my friends thing or this is like an actual thing for Gen Z. Um... <laughs> My, like we a bunch of us say like when there's like something that's like bad happened they we go like oh my god that's so silly goofy <laughs> I feel like oh, I that, the that. silly goofy yeah. is coming around yeah. Yeah. What, goofy. what does that mean that's so goofy. silly goose like, yeah he's silly goose too it's far it's bad yeah, yeah. see silly right goofy to me comes across as good come on because why would you in a social right. in a social situation want to be goofy Everyone's See, that's the you. that's the part you're missing out on because yeah. the be yeah. goofy. Now you get to be the life of the well, party. Like, if I'm talking about like if my friends tell me about a guy that is not mm-hmm. responding on time, I'm say okay, he's a goofy. Let him go. Yeah, I I, I probably wouldn't phrase it like he's that, but like the goofy. phrasing is there. If I'm texting, I don't think I'd speak that phrase. He's a goofy or he is goofy. He's goofy. He's a goofy. You don't really say is goofy. I say is goofy. Is he's goofy. goofy. Yeah. Well, but you don't say he is goofy. That's true. Because you're not describing his behavior. You're describing right. the person. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It's yeah. not an... I feel like for older generations, goofy is like an, a way to describe an action. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, you dropped your coffee. That's goofy. Yeah. I would when say we're that's... describing the person. Or I would be like, it's giving goofy goober. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's giving. <laughs> we didn't talk so about the, that. The giving part, yeah, the giving part is like, <laughs> that's just like the type of vibe that it gives out, right? Yeah. The type of energy that yeah. it gives. Okay. Dr. How, Walsh is giving professor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you wear your suit, you're giving professor. Yeah. So like giving oh, harsh oh, vibes. Okay. Giving, like there would be, like, I, I think there's a lot of like, multiple phrases that go along with giving like yeah. i think like, yeah like giving some somebody bad energy or like something like that that's the way i yeah. think about it like, like good sending energy, a energy message you're projecting yeah. yeah yeah oh and i just remembered another one sorry um girly pop flew too close to the sun <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. Pop. yeah that's boss. layers it seems girl like that's a lot of girl boss too close to the sun yeah yeah but like, like too close to the sun it re- refers to icarus right yeah. so that's like an a- an yeah. ancient reference <laughs> <laughs> well, we used to say, Icarus. call me when the space shuttle lands. Do you, do you know? Oh, that's definitely a generational <laughs> phrase. <laughs> yeah. right I, I've heard it. I've heard call it. me I've soon never... or call me later or don't no, call me. When you come back to you Earth. Are oh, acting, okay. You're a goof, I guess, or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be like a Earth to so-and-so. You're yeah. spacey, like yeah. come back to Earth kind what of thing. What you said was so out out there that it can't, you know, let me know when you're back on Earth. Gotcha. Yeah. That's I think cool. I think for bad for us, it, it was like... Again, the, the, I keep like going back to like early '90s stuff. It'd be like bogus, bogus, bogus. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I was gonna say, oh, thankfully, there's a lot of like the the negative uh, like rated terms or related terms have just been like purged in the last 20 years. Like yeah. stuff that it would just it just never made sense. It was just they've everything's more streamlined to like something that's more acceptable and less targeting at people. Right. And that's oh, the part that's good. That's true. So there's like a lot of that narrowing of like when you're saying it's something's bad, you need to be much more conscious of what you're saying now. And it used to be just sort of like, right. There would be all kinds of terms like that were getting thrown around. Yeah, my generation, right. yeah. we had like the PSAs on Disney channel. Yeah. Like not using certain words. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. You're absolutely right. That's interesting. That's a really and good I think, point. So for somebody to do that now would be like yeah. a huge, it's, huge issue. To some, if it would, it, you would immediately get called. Speaking of like getting called out about something, if you just use a, like a phrasing about something like that that was specifically targeting a group, right? That was just a way that people talked, right? Whereas now, like that, you would get called out right away. Like that's mm-hmm. not acceptable, and you can't speak yeah. about like the other people like that. And that thankfully, that's that's changed a ton. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What about your generation's relationship to curse words? I when I was younger, I thought that people my age didn't curse. Like, and it, that might have been the family I grew up in that, like, my, my parents were very, like, you know, conservative, church going, like, not like politically conservative, but like, just they had certain ways and that you acted and, you know, you didn't call adults by their first name, um, that kind of very thing. And they didn't, formal, yeah. they didn't yeah. swear. Whereas, like, I swear all. Like, I, not, to, not I, I remember like practicing but. as a kid, like running around the playground, like yes! talking to myself, <laughs> like, just like, how can I make this work? And like, you're like coaching yourself up on like, how do I, how do we use the F word? Like, all right, how do we go? Like, I how do we try this? Yeah. Third and fourth grade. It was when it dawned on us that we could swear on the yeah. playground and nobody would know. Because so no adults were around. Yep. You just, you'd like sit around and practice. Like, yeah. how do I say this thing that's make it sound? And all of them, I'm sure it never made any sense, but you're like, okay, I got to, I got to practice it a little yeah. bit. Curse <laughs> words, Dr. Wells? Did I... What did what'd you ask me? Do you use curse Do, words? Oh yes, I curse like a sailor, but not in uh, not in public. Not in a mm. podcast. Not in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I never. I'm not trying to insult sailors, by the way. I never swore till high school, and like, oh my god, like, how do we even? Like, I swore once in middle school. Oh my god. 
Because and I thought it was the end of the world. I thought it was the end of the world, the world, but I got 50 bucks. <laughs> I got 50 bucks from it. Then I never. Then I <laughs> then I was there a dare involved? <laughs> that would, oh, yeah. That's but crazy. then I didn't swear until like high school. And I have a friend, like, um, he's my best friend's younger brother. So um, he's, a, he's a sophomore. And he swears like every other. Yeah. Word. That's the yeah. There was definitely that dynamic in high school when you're in public yeah. school. What would you say? Um, honestly, for us, swearing was kind of always there. Like, definitely, like, third grade, we started swearing, and it was just, like, middle schoolers ran wild with the cursing. Yeah. And then, like, I kind of toned down in high school, but, like, not really. And now, we curse all the time. We just don't do it in, like, I mean, actually, sometimes in classrooms we do, but, like, it's not, like, a lot. It'll be, like, just, like. My, my favorite thing is seeing somebody curse in a situation they wouldn't they didn't mean to right. and that immediate like oh, yeah. looking around the to see if anybody it. noticed or if they got in trouble yeah. and they're like oh, uh, like yeah <laughs> in, in class at work and you're like hey just a you know just a heads up maybe you know can keep saying that while you're at work or whatever and they're like oh oh right sorry yeah there have been times where i swear in my dorm room and i'm just like scared <laughs> horrified oh, come after you <laughs> they're going to write me up <laughs> like I, I think it was very different. Well, this was really fun. I think we'll skip the music just because of time, unless anybody's got like a song that they really wanted to share. Did I did not had? understand the assignment. <laughs> I know. It was like, well, how do we like... Yeah. I actually didn't get it. The only thing that I could think of is Call Me Maybe by Carly oh, Rae Jepsen. Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> there you go. That's the yeah, only one I thought of yeah. as well. Yeah. It was Call Me by Blondie. I looked up Mac Miller, Knock Knock. Okay. Is it going over to somebody's house? Ever just go over to their house and knock on the door? Right. Let them in. Which is crazy because I would not. I text somebody when I'm outside of their door. Yeah. Mm. I'm not walking up to your door until you're there opening it for me. Oh, now, yeah. 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 Uh, communication breakdown by Led Zeppelin. That's what I, I said when I first got here. I love Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Very cool. But like, when I saw that, I was like, from my generation? Because, <laughs> like, I all. Cell phone? Drake? <laughs> Oh. oh, how I'm playing. Yeah, oh. there you go. Oh. But all oh, three yeah. of those songs what was what popped in my head. But for my generation, I was like, huh? What? Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is our outro music. Ready? Nice. All right, thank you guys. Until next episode, episode three, we have to figure out a topic. Uh, thanks for listening. Bye.